Businesses thrive by knowing customer insights because today's insights are tomorrow's facts. At iResearch, we live and breathe insights. And despite searching high and low, we were unable to find a customer insights podcast that answers one of the most important questions in business. Why do customers do what they do? So we launched one. Hi, I'm your host, Darshan Mehta. My guest on this episode is Sanjay George. He is a strategic thinker and a proactive leader who nurtures and builds talent in a cohesive team that is driven by focusing on the customer and very much oriented towards the customer and achieving the goals of the organization. He has quite a bit of experience working at C-level jobs for Double House or Manjula Foodstech, Fathoma Group of Companies, as well as Nesto Group in India. Welcome, Sanjay. Pleasure to have you on the show. First of all, namaste to all the AHA viewers. A very warm good evening to you, Darshan. In fact, I hope, I mean, we are viewed across low, but I think Darshan is in Bangkok, so I can very safely say good evening to Darshan and namaste to one and all. So it's a real privilege to be part of this podcast. Thank you to Darshan and team for it. Thanks a lot. So, you know, one of the first things I like to get involved with my guests is I'd like to know what are the aha moments that you've encountered to get you to the point that you are now in your career? I have to start by recollecting a question someone asked me some five, 10 years back about whether I've got any aha moments or euphoric moments in retail. In fact, my answer is this, that if you are part of retail and if you are really involved in it, there is no way that you won't get an aha moment. So uh, I had a lot of aha moments, but to crown all those aha moments was the Maha Savings Day that we did with Big Bazaar. When I was working with Big Bazaar, we had this Maha Savings Day. This is loosely planned in line of Black Friday of Walmart. And uh, that is the first biggest event in India. And uh, we have planned a very big promotion. This is way back in uh, 2004, if I'm not wrong. January 26th, uh, the Republic Day was the chosen day. And uh, we had big plans. We had big promotions. We had a lot of, I mean, uh, attractive items being promoted. And uh, we did a lot of flyer distributions because those days the TV commercials were not there. So we did a lot of this uh, door-to-door flyer insertions. What we experienced that day was something that really changed my outlook to the entire retail business. Uh, Till that day, I was also of the thinking that retail has got very limited customers and customers will come only when they get their salary or customers uh, do not come in heaps. But what we have experienced was the the mountain. uh, I mean, it's like climbing a mountain. It was like a crowd that was so unprecedented. And we have to close down our stores. We have to ask for police support. For the first time in my career, I've said no to customers entering my shop. So that was the aha moment for me. And I understood that anything is possible if you plan it properly, if you really reach your customers, and if you have communication that reaches the customer and really touches the needs of the customer, then uh, there is nothing that can stop the customer from coming to the store. And after the first event, we have planned it really well. And uh, this Maha Savings Day or Maha Budget Day, as it was called then, has become the flagship event of Big Bazaar. It continued for so many years. And uh, in fact, from all those priorities that we had when we planned this event, like ensuring proper display, 
getting a proper promotion, a very attractive promotion list, etc. has taken a backseat and we are focused on how to manage the crowd. So that was definitely the aha moment for me. And obviously, when you get a customer who comes to you and talks to you and tell you that what really impressed him in the store or what really made him unhappy, that was also an aha moment. I mean, so many of us get this aha moment when we are in the floor. And uh, to better understand all this, you have to be spending time in retail in floor. So the floor teaches you so many things. Interesting. So first of all, let me break this down. Big Bazaar is a big retailer in India, correct? Yes. So Big Bazaar was uh, part of Future Group, had around 100 plus stores. This was a very big retail chain and the store size is close to 6,500 square meters to 8,000 square meters and G plus four floors. These are all value retail chains. Food uh, is almost 30% of the retail chain, but it has apparels, general merchandise and so on. So these are all retail chains that was there across India. Now it is closed, but uh, it has created such an impact in the retail market that the Indian retail can reach bigger rights. That is what Big Bazaar really drove. And the day that you developed, that's a special savings day, correct? It's a special sales day. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Savings day. Maha savings day. And so what do you think led to you being so successful on that day where you actually had to say no and you had to have crowd control? In 2004, I think the Indian retail industry was very much unorganized, in fact. So it was, in fact, there were very few organized players. And as I said, Future Group was one of the first to open big hypermarkets. This store that I was talking about was a state-of-art store at that time, 6,500 square meters, uh, G plus, ground plus four floors. It had uh, escalators, elevators, capsule lift, and so on. So these were new to the Indian market, especially to this uh, place called uh, Vishagapatnam, a town in Andhra Pradesh. Um, I mean, Andhra Pradesh was not divided in India then. Now it is Andhra Pradesh and Telangana. Those days it was a combined Andhra Pradesh. And in this town, Vishagapatnam, this first door was opened. And I'm sure uh, some of you who might be viewing it, and if you are part of this experience, you will definitely relive this experience. So uh, what really made it a big, big success was nothing but reaching the customer. In fact, we had reached around 15,000 houses. We did this door-to-door campaign. And we reached each and every house and we had spent a lot of time in explaining to the customers on the offers. Uh, see, nowadays it becomes very easy to reach customer. In fact, we have got mobiles and everyone has got mobiles in India. Those days, uh, mobiles were not so rampant as now. So uh, we have to take this pain of going to each and every household, reaching them. We used the uh, local government authorities and uh, got the voters list. So India has got this voters list. So uh, based on the voters list, we uh, send posts to each and every house. So basically it is reaching the customer, but it was a laborious work. But we reached the customer and we made the customer realize that this is once in a lifetime opportunity for them to get these kind of promotions. So communication was the key, according to me. I'm sure it was communicated. That's what I wanted to talk about next is what specifically did you tell them? I don't think you just told them we're opening it. There must be some messaging because clearly it's not just one thing to open and reach people. It really boils down to what was the messaging that you think really resonated with your audience? 
If I have to recollect now, it doesn't look very big. Okay, it looks very simple. But I always believe that retail is very simple. We only complicate retail. So those days, what has happened is when we designed this leaflets or flyers or handouts, we made it only six pages of it so that it doesn't clutter the consumer's mind. So whoever sees this leaflet in the first page, we have got only two products promotions. Those are the loss leaders that we call. Okay, while uh, we used that as a marketing tool to get the customer inside. One was this double three one zero mobile phone. Uh, it was a Nokia model. And uh, so everyone had this aspiration to buy a mobile. So we have put, put that in the first page along with the laptop. So those days, uh, getting a laptop at 9999 was a dream. So we have put that uh, laptop there. Then at the back page, we have put very attractive offers of fruits and vegetables, which are perishable items, which every Indian wants to buy. This is how we have designed the leaflet so that it attracts the customer and motivates the customer to come to the store. Then we have got other offers. But more than anything, it was the word of mouth. In fact, what has happened was when we opened the store at 8.30 a.m. in the morning, Indian Standard Time, 8.30 a.m. Normally, the stores open at 10 a.m., but we opened at 8.30 a.m. Between 8.30 to the normal opening time of 10 a.m., we have got almost 100 customers. So those 100 customers who came, who saw the offers, who saw the display, they were actually overwhelmed that we can give so good a promotion and so good a product. So they went and spread this word of mouth. So word of mouth has become the most powerful communication for us. In fact, a place like Vishakapatnam has got this uh, thing that everyone knows uh, everyone. And so it spread so fast. And when they came, uh, what has happened was uh, it was so crowded and we have to put the shutters and we have to stop the customer. And as the mentality goes, uh, if you are stopped for something, you want to know, really want to see it or you want to get in. That has in fact motivated more crowd. But what I really want to summarize is that we have to keep things very simple. Uh, I mean, in our quest to really attract our customers, we sometimes overdo. Whereas here we kept things very simply. And that was the real reason for the overwhelming success for this promotion. But see, nowadays, if you ask me, now how will I do it? See, if I have to know, get customers, I mean, like that, I will never do that. Because, you know, there will be so many dissatisfied customers who are not allowed to get inside the store. So now how we are planning is we are uh, planning it in a very structured way. We are ensuring that a, a customer who comes inside a retail hypermarket or a supermarket spends enough time and buys really well it's not about the nob alone number of bills alone it is about the average basket value or the average bill value if a customer comes to an hypermarket of let's say 5000 square meter to 10000 square meter the family has to take that shopping as an entertainment so you have to provide everything to the family i mean you need to really give them a chance to sit if they are feeling tired and uh, for the kids you have to give so many impulse things and so on so now it is a very structured way you give them enough convenience now the point is you give them convenience definitely they will come to your stores so i want to ask you something you mentioned a few times now you like to keep it simple 
How did you come to that realization? Was that an aha moment that you've had that made you realize that simplicity is the best? I started my career with Spencer's. In fact, uh, Spencer's was acquired by RPG and uh, RPG is a big uh, conglomerate in India. And uh, RPG along with uh, DFI had this joint venture and they conceived a brand called Food World. So I was one of the first store managers of this Food World organized supermarket in India. During that time, see, I I was an MBA, I was a fresh MBA and uh, there were not many MBAs at that time. So when I got this job of store manager, I was in fact thinking very big. In fact, I was always thinking that we need to have uh, the displays as uh, printing, facing, blocking, FFB. So all those jargons, you know, are top tops, bottom bottoms, uh, FIFO, etc. But then the customer who was coming to my store, this was in a place called uh, Tamil Nadu. Chennai was the city in India. And uh, so the customer who was walking inside the store is a very simpleton. This is a family person. Uh, who had around four to five people in his family, he is earning 5,000 rupees during that time. So uh, that is his income, monthly income. So he is the customer. And he actually gets threatened or intimidated when you really make things complicated. Okay, when you really go and approach him in a language that is not convenient or uh, with a price that is not comfortable to buy, he really doesn't feel comfortable to come to your shop. So that is when I realized that you have to keep it simple. And the aha moment came by really interacting with these customers. So asking them, what is that you want? Because uh, Food World being a national level chain, they had a same product master for every state. In fact, they didn't add the uh, local assortment. So I was among uh, the few who told the uh, team at our uh, corporate office that we need to have local assortment also. Local assortment is as important as the other assortment because people come and specifically ask for local assortment. And all this realization happened by interacting with the customer. See, today we do so many things. We capture customer feedbacks. We do one-on-one interviews. We do focus group discussions. But those days, we were able to talk to these customers and were able to take their feedback. And when you act on this feedback, that develops the confidence of the customer. And that is how we were able to understand all these nuances. I decided that I have to keep um, the retail as simple as possible. And, you know, often uh, striving for simplicity is much more difficult than creating complexity. <laughs> so my question to you is, are there three tips you can share that have helped you and continue to help you to achieve simplicity? So one is to ensure that my team understands what my thoughts are. I have to keep it as simple as possible. I am not presenting to a boardroom of intellectuals. I'm, in fact, talking to a team of individuals who have only basic degree as their qualification. I'm talking about the team in the store. So that team members must understand about a concept. So that concept, to make that concept simple, I have to articulate in a language that they understand and with very clear steps that can be executed. And I have to demonstrate that. So the first thing of simplicity, according to me, is demonstration. Like, what is that you want to do? You have to demonstrate and tell them that. And it has to have very clear, simple steps. For example, there was a concept called Beka Malik. Okay, this is a customized concept that we have developed. 
So uh, Beka Malik is a concept that ensures that the shelf in a store, hypermarket or supermarket store, has to be maintained in a way that planogram. Planogram is nothing but how the products are to be placed in a supermarket, hypermarket. And uh, there is a maximum base quantity. There is a minimum quantity. There is spacing. If, if you are placing a product, let's say you are placing a biscuit packet. So uh, how many pieces have to be in the front? How many pieces have to be at the back? Then how the manufacturing dates of the product has to be arranged and so on. So uh, whether the color comes into play or brand comes into play and uh, there are so many things. So uh, when you talk about this in the real sense, it will look very, very complicated. So Beka Malik was a concept that we developed to simplify this overall thing. So when you demonstrated with a concept that made things easy for the team to understand, then it is a sure shot success. That is the first thing. Second one is a clear RACA matrix, according to me. That is key for simplicity. What I mean by RACA matrix is responsibility, accountability, consultation, and information. So you need to define responsibility Clearly, when everyone in the team or even for a consumer also, you make things very clear with a clear, uh, simple communication. It becomes very easy for you to take it forward. And all these improvisations happen based on this simplicity because everyone has understood. So RACA matrix is very, very important. And whatever, whether it is a concept, whether it is a product launch, whether it is a promotion, you need to have this clear RACA matrix so everyone understands what is there. And, and if there is a doubt or if there is any dilemma in implementing a step, they can go back and check what has gone wrong. So that is what an RACA matrix does. Then the third most important thing, I don't know how it is connected with simplicity, but this, according to me, is the most important factor is that you need to have authority for accountability. In fact, there are places where people are not given authority because they are frontline staff. And if you don't give people authority to implement something they are supposed to do, then it becomes very, very complicated because you are expecting them to deliver results for you by not providing them the authority. Yes, mistakes do happen, but repeating mistake is a crime. But you need to understand that when a mistake happens for the first time, you need to understand the reasons behind that mistake and you need to come out with a solution. So the key for keeping things simple is providing people authority for what they are accountable to deliver. And so how do you continue to keep things simple? Have you learned some new things and techniques or methods? Because, I mean, this is something that many people talk about often is striving for simplicity. And I think one of the things is, you have to learn to say no instead of saying yes, yes, yes. Would you agree with that? See, Darshan, I'm being a little hesitant uh, here because most of these responses may sound very motherhood, okay, like a motherhood statement. So I would like to give you an example. We have this thing called career dossier. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, a career dossier is nothing but uh, it captures the need gap analysis of a team member. What are the aspirations of a team member? What is the current position of the team member? Where the team member want to be after three years, after six years, and so on. So when you really give this chance to a team member to really put their aspiration, see some of them 
uh, who is not even the middle level management will put that uh, within three years i want to become the chief operating officer or chief marketing officer of the organization so the point here is they haven't understood what are the steps that they should really climb to become that position okay they think that it is a position it comes with a lot of authority in fact it uh, gives a good pay so i would also like to know become that so here how to keep this simple is like interacting with them and telling them what are the key performance indicators when you get to that position and are you equipped to really deliver those key performance indicators because some of the key performance indicators you would not have heard only so if you want to really deliver that what is that you are supposed to do so then really driving them to understand that they have to get into that particular talent or that particular capability which will guide them or which will support them to deliver as a uh, chief marketing officer or cxo whatever it is so to uh, really tell no is easy uh, seriously i am telling you i mean when you are an odd taskmaster it is always easy to say no but then when you really back it up with real reasons why it was a no and uh, without even saying no you make them understand then it is like a win win for everyone and that is one of the real reasons for simplicity and you ask me i have talked so much about simplicity so how i am not always keeping myself abreast of it i'll tell you i take time time is the factor here because when i get into a store and if i see that housekeeping is not good i'll call those housekeeping staff and i tell them why this housekeeping is not good because i know they haven't changed the water the mop is old they haven't used the liquid i'm sorry for being so detailed but that is how you keep yourself simple why i really love retail is for the fact that in retail you can spend lot of time in the floor you can spend time with the staff you can spend time with the customers and these are all consumers who come directly end users they will come and they will talk and and you have to be ready to face criticism because uh, see most of the time we have this reluctance to speak to a customer because we are in coat suit and all that but no believe me i have seen customers really criticizing me and uh, they have said that i mean what is that you people are talking very big but your store doesn't even give basics so you have to be ready to take those criticism so how i keep myself simple is i spend time i don't really ignore even the smallest of details sometimes uh, it's not really ideal to spend so much time but i keep myself simple like that it, it is my style so many of you may not agree to it i keep myself simple by really spending time so are you seeing changes in the retail industry especially in food post covid now what trends and changes are you seeing that you think are going to be something that people really should take notice of and and this is going to make a big difference the easiest answer is the uh, prominence of e-commerce or online i mean online was always there but after covid people are really spending a lot of time in having a separate online strategy and that has become a priority so uh, that is one uh, most important thing according to me but i would say that if you look at some of the challenges one is this inadequate primary processing the storage and distribution facilities in the food market that has become a priority for so many people now especially after covid people are really ensuring that that insufficient connection between production and processing is taken care food safety health benefits 
and all that is being addressed at a very very serial level uh, innovations has become the real uh, go to word now people want to innovate and give something new to the consumer ensure that the customer is convenient and all that but i always believe that brick and mortar is going to stay whatever happens brick and mortar model is going to stay maybe e-commerce will definitely gather so much share but still brick and mortar will stay so this online marketing strategy is one of the most important uh, priorities for uh, people now after covid people want to reach uh, as many customers as possible and that last mile delivery has become much more important now i have no doubt that retail in person is going to stay but i'm curious how is it going to change or do you think it's going to stay the same i personally think there's going to be a role for in person versus a role for digital and the two need to be synced together and my question to you is, how are the two going to play off of each other? And what are you envisioning more people doing or wanting? As I always said that this brick and mortar model is going to stay. No doubt about it. Like how you are having this online uh, supply or online delivery, there is always this click and collect models are always there. And uh, they are also gathering uh, so much share. But the most important thing is, what has changed, according to me, in retail in the past few years is that previously, when organized retail came into existence, it was always believed that you, have, you should not disturb a customer. In fact, you should leave the customer to go peacefully shop and take their items, then come their billing. Then the next development happened wherein you have checkouts. That is unmanned checkouts. Now we have unmanned checkouts. Customer go, customer do their billing and get out of the uh, shop. But in the Indian context, what has really changed now is retail hypermarket or a supermarket or a retail place has really become like a marketplace. So you have personalized service. People are really promoting the products one-on-one -on -one in a retail market. So I think um, that has to change really. So you have to really get into a mode where customer has been given their choice to come and shop peacefully and should not get disturbed. And in Indian context also, people have to have this unmanned checkouts and all that. So it becomes much easier for customers or uh, maybe advanced uh, shopping. So you do the shopping, which is prevalent in so many countries. When I went to South Korea, I've seen this. So uh, you do the advanced shopping, then you go and now pick your products on the way home from office. Because as you know, everywhere it is now nucleus families and people are no more in joint families, even in India. It is deteriorating every uh, year. So it is easy for a working woman to pick the items or a working man to pick the items. But the most important thing, according to me, was that retailers don't look at that needs to change. Probably it is debatable, but this is my understanding is that we are leaving out the single customer. In fact, there are a lot of single dads, single moms, divorcees across. And we always plan everything in a store or even that for that matter, e-commerce or digital marketing also for family customers majorly. So you need to get into this single customer mode. What is a single mom want? What is a single dad want? So that is something retailers need to evolve. And the market and the consumer needs evolve drastically. So now the consumer needs comfort. According to me, it's not about the price. It's not about everything. Consumer needs comfort majorly. So if the comfort and the convenience is there, 
definitely the consumer will come to your store. In India, the, for the Indian consumer, what percentage do you think are buying a product versus those buying an experience? So Indian context, 95% buys a product and only 5% buys an experience. Interesting. Why is that the case in India? Is it price sensitivity? What is it? What's behind that? It has to do with so many factors, majorly the socioeconomic factor in India. In fact, if you look at an Indian household, uh, I mean, the kind of income that comes to an household and the kind of spending that happens, they don't go for an experience and buy it. While India has got the mix of uh, the world's richest people and also people with poverty. But then it is basically the middle class buys items only when they are in need of it. Not fully. To some extent, this has changed with the introduction or uh, the rampant usage of mobile phones. Honestly speaking, I don't know why I have iPhone Pro 14. Seriously. <laughs> My daughter tells me that you have to buy the new model. <laughs> My uh, iPhone, the previous model was really good. I don't want to really replace it. But she said, no, no, you have to buy this iPhone 14 Pro. I don't know so many things that is in that iPhone 14 Pro. So uh, it is like that. Sometimes, no, you are forced to buy the experience. But if I have my choice, I wouldn't have bought that. Probably I am still that baby boomer segment. So the Gen Ys are completely thinking differently. But as I said, 95% buys products in India still, according to me, and 5% only. Maybe the generation change will happen. I don't know any data to really substantiate what I'm seeing. But going forward, definitely this is going to change. But as of now, I am very strongly believe that people buy the products. And I will tell you once again why they buy only the product, not the experiences, because the Indians are not very rich. Uh, see, I'm not criticizing the fact. I'm just not trying to share my opinion. India has to get into that mode. You need to buy experience. But as of now, it is only they want to see whether the product is useful for them. Then only they will buy. Yes, when no, the previous generation. In fact, if you look at the generations in India, the first generation wanted really to have the basic needs for their livelihood. So they bought that. The second generation was the one which thought that they need to have luxuries coming to their house, like no TVs started, then color TVs and so on. Then the, now the air conditions have become necessity, no more luxury in India. So I would not say that people are now buying the big TVs and uh, air conditions as experience. It is it has become a necessity for them. So in India still, the outlook towards a product is based on its necessity and not as a luxury. So that is why Indians still buy the product and not the experience. I don't have much of knowledge. These are all my views. I'm, I'm sure that these are all debatable views and uh, people can have a different view. And no, we can all uh, debate on all this. Sure. So I'm curious, what do you see on the horizon for retail now? And what area of retail is interesting you the most and you'd like to dig deeper into? I mean, uh, retail has got tremendous opportunities. I mean, the challenges are plenty. But when you have a business that has got uh, more challenges, then obviously there is a real opportunity galore that is waiting for you. If you look at retail as a whole in um, India and uh, actually in the world, the best thing about retail, uh, I once again go back to this, that retail is a very simple business. It is a business that anyone can start. So that way... Now I'm talking in the Indian context. If the Indian unorganized retail market can convert into organized retail, 
then definitely it is a different ball game the kind of market share that is going to be brought to the organized retail sector will be tremendous and that is the kind of horizon that indian retail market has got i mean now everything is available i, I mean you can get anything in uh, retail and the next best thing for retail is digital marketing so retail has to become more digitalized i will give you an example the share of shelf ratio or uh, putting a shelf talker in a store i think all this has to become digitalized this is happening across the world i think even in the indian retail market this should happen so that uh, you don't make that silly mistakes of displaying a wrong price for a product or something like not increasing your wastages by keeping one particular non moving product in a store which is not moving whereas the same item is moving in your other branch so those kind of marketing strategies has to come in place for retail and we need to have the technological development like handle scanners has to be given for each of these retail managers by just you no know, scanning a product they should get complete history of the product right from when the product has hit the store when it has reached the store and how many uh, pieces have been sold why this product is not moving etc etc and the most important thing i'll tell you is like capturing the customer feedbacks in a much organized way and going back to the consumer and telling them that the actions taken on their feedbacks i mean it's not that every customer is going to ask for some justifiable things but at the same time you can go back to the customer and tell them also why some of the things that the customer suggested cannot be done so retail has to capture consumer feedbacks and it has to become more consumer friendly or customer friendly rather than establishment friendly when i say establishment friendly most of the time the retailers they copy what was working in another store into a locality so uh, that is a wrong way of doing it as long as you understand a locality you ensure that the things like uh, local assortment or regional assortment official merchandising and catchment engagement or infrastructure reliability those things are customized for a particular outlet and you take actions based on the consumer feedbacks mm, so my last question usually is this if you could have lunch or dinner with anyone in the retail industry who would it be and why i mean uh, see uh, sam walton for sure with sam walton i would like to understand his philosophy of selecting the location because uh, he has put most of his stores outside the real residential areas i mean to have a thinking like that and uh, have the confidence that he can bring the customer to those areas that is something uh, very unique and uh, the second one is i mean he has become a pilot in fact to just go around his stores he has got his own jet and no he didn't uh, rely on anyone to take him off and get to those stores so nowadays it is sometimes it is easy to think that entrepreneurs think like that but those days i mean if sam walton uh, he didn't know pick a car he picked a jet and he just went around his stores so <laughs> i mean be in the presence of such a personality and to know uh, really try to capture something from him itself uh, is a uh, thought that you no know, makes me with goosebumps so i really don't have any structure to know ask uh, mr sam walton something but to be in his presence itself will be uh, definitely a blessing i mean who would have thought that you have to have a jet and you know you have to become a pilot and go <laughs> so if it was somebody alive who would it be 
somebody alive, uh, Mr. Kishore Biani. In fact, Mr. Kishore Biani is the founder of Future Group. He had uh, these formats like uh, Big Bazaar, Central. Central is a fashion store and uh, so many other uh, businesses. So according to me, I've seen uh, Mr. Kishore Biani personally and uh, he was the man behind all this Maha Savings and all that. He's a visionary. The things he told us way back in 2004, I mean, we have seen all that happen later. So to have a vision like that and to really believe that vision and do things, I mean, that was amazing. So he's another person I definitely would like to have a dinner or lunch with him. Interesting. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Sanjay. I appreciate it. And I look forward to continuing our conversation another time and learning more about retail in India. Please keep me posted on your aha moments as you proceed ahead in your career. And I understand you're going to be turning a new chapter here soon. So keep me posted what the new chapter is going to be. Darshan, once again, a very big thanks to you to give me an opportunity and relive some of the moments. I would like to reiterate again with a disclaimer that most of these views are my personal views. So it's not necessarily that everyone has to agree to these views. So Darshan, it was very, very kind of you to give me this opportunity. I really thank you and the team for uh, giving me this chance. And uh, definitely I'll be in touch. Thank you again. You are doing a great, fantastic job. I mean, you keep doing it because uh, these podcasts definitely help the professionals to really get their own perceptives about things. And you give all of them a chance by seeing all this podcast. So thank you again, Darshan. Once again, thank you to all the viewers of AHA. Thank you to the team at the background who is not in the forefront, but you are in the background. Thank you, team, for organizing all this. So bye. See you. You all have a great day and a great year. Thank you so much. Well, there's no doubt. I I appreciate you thanking the team because I have a very good team behind this. But, you know, there's no need to do the disclaimer, but you did it. But to be honest with you, you know, the reason I do this is because I really enjoy listening to the aha moments people have got. And whether someone agrees or disagrees, that's really not the point. I think we all learn from the experience and more than anything, defining moments that people have had. And sometimes those defining moments may not be ones that we've experienced, or maybe we may not agree with the moment that defined out of it, right? But I think we all learn from them. And what's interesting is we all bring different paths in our lives. You bring a path that I could never replicate. I bring a path that you can never replicate. But I think at the end of the day, going back to what you talked about earlier, having conversations with your customers, having conversations with professionals, I think we always learn something from them. And especially when we talk about these defining moments that are aha. So again, I think most listeners know, you know, these are opinions that we all share and have. And more than anything, we're trying to share our experience and knowledge, but also what we've gleaned from the aha moments that we all encounter as we go along the path in life. So I want to thank you. And I think uh, everybody appreciates your ability to share your aha moments. So thanks again, Sanjay. Thank you. Thank you, Darshan. Thank you so much. Getting to aha was brought to you by iResearch. To find out more about us, head to iResearch.com. And make sure to search for Getting to AHA in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found. And don't forget to click follow to ensure you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you for listening.